Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Let It Grow Investing. I am covering this one from Cozumel, Mexico. We are on a quick vacation down here. And uh, yeah, weather's warm and the the drinks are cold. So I guess all is well. But uh, with that being said, we had a lot of volatility out there on uh, Friday. We had uh, a lot of different things going on that were causing the market to sell off. Uh, You know, one of the big things that was going on was a lot of options trades that were set to expire on Friday. Uh, I think it was about $2 trillion worth of options action that needed to either be uh, bought to close those positions or they needed to extend those contracts in order to kind of keep the uh, the ball rolling. So a lot of volatility out there from that news. We also had uh, some different things going on with uh evs we had some uh some fed rate hikes news chatter going on out there and uh, overall the s p 500 just was in that uh overbought territory on the uh, the rsi indicators so we saw a lot of uh sell side pressure just from the fact that we had four green weeks so we finally snapped that rally and we are entering back into uh you know kind of neutral territory on those rsi indicators so I was just looking at that over on E-Trade, just watching some of the different charts over there. And uh, yeah, we are right north of about 60, 61, it looks like on the RSI. And over about uh, 70 is going to enter into that overbought territory. Under 30 is oversold. Uh, so we are definitely more on that higher side of that indicator. So definitely take a look at that before you are looking to buy uh, a lot of that trading action is just kind of making things go a little bit haywire right now. Uh, so a lot of different pressures out there bringing the market down. And uh, overall, there's some different things that we really don't want to be in right now just because they are getting punished on, uh, you know, more the the rate hikes, more the recession fears, more of uh, just being overbought. Uh, you know, we saw that Bed Bath & Beyond news where, you know, that one had gone up about 300%. Uh, and Cohen came out and said that he was selling off his stake in uh, Bed Bath and Beyond, and all the the options on this one went through the floor, and this one went down really quick. It went down about forty percent on Friday alone. I told you guys this is not one you want to chase if you are not a trader. Uh, even if you are, I think it was a little bit of a, a late entry point to do any sort of real trading with it you could have done a short position that's not anything that i really get into but uh i did kind of say this one just got way too high way too quick i mean if you look at that chart we went from five dollars to about uh 23 uh you know on the uh, the 17th so this one then just came back down really fast and uh left a lot of people holding the bag on anyone who entered late trying to chase this one So that uh, big sell side pressure, a lot of the options trading, again, brought this one down very quick and uh, punished this one from going any higher. But uh, other than that, you know, we've got uh, a lot of different people saying a lot of different things, as we always do. But uh, Warren Buffett, when he speaks, a lot of people take note. So he just went out and bought uh, five new stocks, 
sold another five. Uh, there might be more, but this article I'm reading on U.S. News is about these 10 specifically. And, uh, you know, a lot of different ones out there that I'm, I'm not sure of, but uh, five that he bought are going to be, he got cleared to buy more of Occidental Petroleum, ticker is OXY, Ally Financial, he's betting on a recovery in some of that lending business. Uh, he increased his number one position, which was Apple. I'm not sure I like that entry, but that's what apparently what happened. Uh, I believe it was Q2. So he probably got a little bit better of an entry point than where we are now. Uh, then he went ahead and bought more Activision Blizzard, the gaming company that is going to be potentially bought out. Uh, and more Chevron. So two oil plays and uh, I guess two or slash three tech lending plays. And then went ahead and sold some GM, some U.S. Bank Corp, uh, Kroger. I think he thinks that trade is going to come to an end as, uh, you know, grocery store prices, produce prices are going to regulate and come back down. He then went ahead and closed out his Verizon uh, position. He had about $8 billion in Verizon as of Q3 2020. And I believe he probably bought that in the upper 50 range and went ahead and sold it in the mid 40 range. So he took a loss on that one. But uh, I know he definitely was cashing in on those, uh, you know, about 6% dividends right now. So in my opinion, Verizon probably was a, a bad uh, entry and exit for them. But um, at 6%, I do feel fairly comfortable with it as, a, uh, as an income play right now. And I definitely could make a strong argument for buying that if you are uh, looking for a lower volatility type play. With a higher dividend, I, I'm not too sure why he got out of that one, where where that money ultimately went, if it rolled into some of those oil stocks or those tech stocks. But uh, at a 5.8% dividend right now, uh, I can see an argument for uh, someone who's looking to collect those dividend checks every quarter. And uh, Verizon has been paying them out for a long time, only at an 8.8 PE, super low beta at a 0.3. And... Uh, I guess I'd have to do a little bit more research as to why he sold it. But uh, I know that the oil stocks, a lot of people are saying with oil that ran so high and then kind of brought back down to life. Uh, a lot of people are saying that oil stocks is a good entry right now into some of those positions. So the, the names like Occidental and Chevron, Exxon, and uh, two that I'm really eyeing up right now are uh, Pioneer, Natural Resources, and Devon Energy also for those larger dividends. Uh, being in Mexico, I think my my dividends are a little bit off. I'm not too sure what's going on down here, but the uh, I probably need a VPN or something to get back to the uh, the U.S. versions of these sites. I'm not too sure about all that. But uh, when I was looking at Street Insider, it does say that Pioneer has about a uh, a 10% current yield on their shares, and for some reason, uh, E Trade is pulling up that it's a one. 0.2% dividend, but the uh, the quarterly payout is uh, $8.57 is what this is saying here on a $242 stock. So that yield seems wrong to me, but uh, I will have to take a look back at that one when I get home. Uh, Devon Energy is going to be paying a variable rate dividend. It says it's about 6.8% here, but again, I'm not sure that is right. I thought it was about 8% the other day. When I was looking at home, I have been eyeing this one for a little while now. So if you're looking to get into some uh, some higher yielding uh, plays, especially the oil, 
Uh, that could be a good entry point now that the uh, we're, we're kind of pricing in that low side of the barrel uh, on crude right now. A lot of people think it's going to trend back up, but uh, all these producers can make pretty solid money and have a lot of good cash flow at that $90 a barrel price. So all something to take into uh, consideration. I think they're going to be a little bit safer than what tech is doing right now. Uh, the tech run and some of the, uh, again, the speculative stocks are selling off. We're seeing that. We're also seeing Bitcoin more or less mimic the NASDAQ 100, the QQQ. So that did trade down a little bit also. But uh, overall, you know, doing pretty well holding up better than a lot of people probably would have assumed. And uh, it is nice to see it kind of trading along those NASDAQ names. I do think it is uh, going to be in a consolidation period. A lot of people are going to look to be buying it. And, uh, you know, I'm still long Bitcoin, Ethereum. Uh, the the crypto.com uh, the the staking uh, i know staking for a lot of people right now has gone very low uh some of the different interest rates that we were getting i think i was getting about five or six percent on some of my ethereum and about four percent on uh bitcoin it's now down about a percent or two at most depending on what you have staked and uh the amount that you have in your portfolio so ethereum last time I believe last Monday's episode, we were right over 2000. Now we are down to 1630 on Ethereum uh, and Bitcoin was probably around 24 and we are sitting at 21.5. Uh, so definitely a pullback there. I think it is, you know, kind of mimicking what the market is doing overall and uh, specifically the queues. And we're really trying to make heads or tails of where it is going to go next. But uh, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break here. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some different stocks that I think could do well going into a recession. Uh, some that uh, have just been punished too much. Uh, and then some others that just have some room for growth as to where we can go and what we could possibly be seeing next in this crazy market that we've got out there. So stick around. I'll be right back. We're going to cover those and what we are buying for week what was it? Week 34, I believe we're on. So this week will be week 35 and we are going to be rolling up hopefully nicely into this, uh, the end of the year. Uh, so stick around. I'll be right back. All right. We are back here. So, uh, before I get started, I just want to say thanks for all the, uh, the likes, subscribes and shares. It does really help the page grow. Uh, if you could go ahead and do that and share with uh, some like-minded investors, it would mean the world to me. And uh, also get over there on the Let It Grow Investing page where we are bringing a little bit more up-to-date information as that news comes out. We're, we're, I'm definitely trying to uh, get that content over to you guys so you see all that news that I'm seeing in uh, real time, not just uh, on the podcast. But uh, So hopefully you can do that. We are also doing the uh, in, uh, investing challenge for 2022 where I am putting in $200 uh, into the market every Monday based on poll results uh, from the group. And uh, if you can get over there, get your votes in every week for the for the year, that would uh, also be great. Uh, so this past week, week uh, 34 it was, uh, we had five different stocks. We were looking at uh, some different plays that might, might make sense for you and your portfolio. And a little bit of what's going on out there with uh, the CHIPS Act and just some EV plays and uh, ultimately just some stocks that I thought might be some good picks for us. So uh, week 34 brought us five names, as it always does. We had uh, Micron Technologies, ticker MU, Intuit, uh, tickers INTU, 
Um, that one I added for TurboTax, also a lot of people doing their own businesses, side gigs, uh, using QuickBooks, other programs that they have. Uh, number three was NVIDIA, ticker was NVDA. I wanted to average down on that position that we started in week one. Uh, number four was the uh, the hydrogen, uh, hydrogen slash hydrogen electric uh, play plug power. The ticker is PLUG. Uh, and number five was Neo Motors, uh, the Chinese EV company, and that ticker is NIO. We will be adding plug power tomorrow around lunchtime. I buy at lunchtime to get some of that morning uh, volatility out, let the market settle down, and then we go ahead and buy around noon, roughly. We'll try to see if I can't remember that while I'm down here. Uh, so that being said, uh, thank you guys for voting. And uh, I did want to talk a little bit more about EVs. I know that we just, uh, I said that earlier in the show, but uh, we did see a pretty big downturn on some of the different EV companies uh, on Friday. They went right ahead with the other ones. They kind of mimicked those. And some people are, you know, kind of thinking that uh, some of them gotten a little bit ahead of themselves. And uh, Rivian was the, the leader on this loss on Friday. Now, Rivian had come out on their R1T and the R1S models, and everyone that was pre-ordered for one of the base models, they basically canceled these pre-orders and told their customers that they need to pick a higher trim level. They're no longer offering those. Uh, basically, a way to get uh, about $8,000 more for that next trim level out, and a lot of people didn't like that. They didn't like that they canceled these orders. They didn't like that they're trying to almost price gouge into that next uh, trim level, next tier level higher. And uh, ultimately it hurt the stock. I think they were down about 8% on Friday alone. Uh, so that one definitely uh, kind of had some pin action into companies like Lucid and Tesla. Um, yeah, Rivian, uh, I'm seeing it down 4%. I believe it was higher. It might've been intraday, but uh, definitely brought the market down overall along with some of these other options action and the the meme stock craze and uh yeah oh yeah lucid was down bigger lucid was down about eight percent on friday but i do know that uh the rivian trucks were were certainly getting uh you know a little bit more expensive for the consumers and ultimately um just gonna be trying to drive up those margins for the company and i, I know they're having some problems with uh uh, funding and having to lay off some extra workers. So maybe there's a, a lot going on there where they're really trying to focus on those higher uh, margin vehicles, trim their staff, make maybe less vehicles until they kind of get the ball rolling. Probably similar to what Tesla did, roll out the Model S and then work your way backwards to some of those lower price, lower margin vehicles as time goes on. So we're just trying to keep an eye on what's going on out there. Uh, I am not in Rivian. I am in Lucid. I am in Tesla. But uh, just kind of be mindful as to what's going on and keep track of this information. Because a lot of times when uh, you start seeing some of this news, it, it kind of gets buried that, yes, they're laying people off. Or, yes, you know, they're, they're still selling vehicles, but they're trying to, you know, kind of meander the way through and only sell those higher margin vehicles and kind of maybe hurting some of their customer base. There might be someone that didn't want to pay an extra $8,000. They already had the pre-order. And now they're going to look at other vehicles. Maybe they're looking at Ford. Maybe they're looking at Tesla or, you know, another vehicle to get uh, something similar, similar and have more of that, uh, a better customer experience on that uh, order side. 
uh, maybe that's where they're going to look to go. So just be mindful of the companies that you're investing in. Try to keep track of that news. Uh, you can certainly turn on the notifications. If you are in a uh, stock, just let that uh, notifications come in when that, you know, prudent news comes up. You want to be aware of what's going on. Uh, so that's what I got there. We also had Cisco come out and have a good quarter. Uh, this one kind of got beat up when everyone went work to home uh, in 2020. I was uh, I was in this one and I eventually got out of it. I rotated into some more some gross stocks with that money. Uh, late 2020, early 21. Uh, so I'm not in Cisco right now, but they did have a good quarter. Uh, they did say that the supply chain is easing up, which was really good for a lot of people to hear. And uh, overall, they have a massive backlog of orders that they haven't been able to get to. Uh, a lot of that has been supply chain problems. So now they are looking very strong for the next couple of years as things kind of ease back. Uh, more people return to the office. You know, they're trying to keep up with that technology in the office. And uh, now they're actually going to be able to provide the products, the networking, all that, that the, you know, their customers are going to need to build these systems out. So that is definitely one that uh, could be on the radar. I think that one probably does well for uh, more of a conservative approach. Uh, you're going to get that 3% dividend. PE is a 17. So definitely a more reasonably priced. They did have this bit of a run here in the last week or so. Let's look at the five day here. Um, yeah, we were around 46 on, uh, August 16th and now we are trading up about, uh, at 4870 call it. I think they did peak uh, right under $50, 4984 is what I'm seeing on that five day. So it went up about, uh, three bucks, kind of settled back down, but, uh, one that I think should give you long-term, uh, modest conservative gains and give you that 3% dividend. But that backlog of um, orders is going to be one of the strong things to note in this uh, conference call, this earnings call, and that they really do have a uh, a lot of that business already just pending, ready to go. And once these materials come in, they're really going to be able to fulfill and uh, organically grow this company. That's what I was listening to on the uh, the call with the CEO. So that one is definitely good to hear. Uh, we're definitely seeing some return to normalcy after some of the shipping problems and supply chain hiccups that we've had in the past, you know, 24 months or so. But uh, so, yeah, that one's definitely good to see. We are also looking at uh, uh, Disney getting some upgrades on some better uh, return to the parks. I believe we were 10 percent up. We are over some of the revenues that the park was making in 2019. So everyone is back to travel especially in Florida. I know that has been a hotbed of travel for the past two years at least, but uh, now more people are coming back and spending more money in the parks. Uh, so that is going to help some offset some of their slower uh, numbers that they've had in other segments, but the park business is strong. People are traveling uh, and ultimately, hopefully that continues. I know that that has been a kind of fear and concern for a lot of people is if we hit a recession, are people going to be traveling? You know, they don't want to invest in Disney and then go through this recession and ultimately have some more problems going forward. So, uh, you know, Disney does look like they are firing on uh, most cylinders, I'll say, and uh, looks like it is kind of getting that uh, that business right now. But be do be mindful of the fact that uh, if we do have a major recession or a big slowdown, 
that that could uh, certainly go away. I still think that, uh, you know, young families are going to be looking to take their kids to Disney and it could still be that that bucket list trip that, you know, maybe not even bucket list trip, but that, you know, goal trip that people want to take with their children when they're young, when they're at that age where it's just a magical wonderland for them to go to. So I still think that people are going to go. Uh, granted, they might not spend as much while they're down there. They might skimp out on, you know, different upgrades, things like that. But uh, still seeing those growth numbers come in definitely caught some upgrades. And uh, Disney is, you know, got a lot of buys on it right now. Uh, some being small $5 up from where we are, but I am seeing, uh, you know, at one nineteen fifty right now, I am seeing some analysts coming out with, uh, where are we? Uh, high side prices of about 33% up for a high of 160 and the low currently is, uh, is dead in line at 120. So it's only 0.12% of downside. So I do think that the downside is limited in this one. Uh, with that growth and with some of the different numbers they're throwing out. Uh, and I do think that we we have a good path to go up to that 160. I, I definitely think that could happen if we don't hit into a massive recession and people are still spending that the way that they are. I do think that the stock will be rewarded uh, as the company is doing pretty well. Uh, so that being said, uh, I've got five stocks this week for week 35. And... Uh, there's some different thoughts here. Uh, I've got some different plays where I'm thinking, uh, you know, we've got uh, companies like Target and Walmart trying to dump all this inventory. And, um, you know, they're trying to really limit what they have. They want to get the, you know, all the discounted items, last season's items that didn't sell. You know, they had that inventory glut that we ultimately have to push out the door. I'm trying to take advantage of that. Uh, I'm also, you know, this one or two is actually some names that George Soros, the billionaire, was investing in this quarter. And uh, I, I kind of like the thesis behind those. And then one that we've got a healthcare play. So first up uh, is going to be TJ Maxx. The ticker is TJX on this one. And a discount retailer that's going to be buying up a lot of this inventory out of some of these uh, other retailers that aren't more on that uh, cost-saving side. They're more on that direct retail type market. So TJ Maxx has a uh, current price of about $66.40. Average price target is $73.92. So about 11% upside on this one. But uh, I do think it should give us some safety in a recession as more people are going to need items. They don't want to pay retail. They're going to look for this discounted way to shop. And they're going to have a massive amount of in inventory going forward. So I do think that uh, a company like TJ Maxx, uh, you're getting a 1.74% dividend. So not too, not too crazy, but uh, it is nice to have something coming in while you're waiting for this one to rebound. Uh, so currently at a 24 times multiple and uh, kind of trading in the middle of its 12 month range. It hit a high of 77 back in January and a low of 53 in the middle of May. So we're right in the middle at 66. And uh, ultimately, I do think we could see a nice run here. And certainly, they will have the inventory, inventory to do so going forward. Now, number two is pretty much the same playbook. Uh, but this one is going to be Burlington Stores. So the ticker is B-U-R-L. And uh, they do give a little bit more upside in this one. 
but the PE is a little bit more stretched. So the PE on this is a 45.26. So it is on that high side. But uh, the analyst upside on this one is uh, 27%. So currently sitting 163, average price target 207. So you got some good room for growth there. And uh, you, you've got a lot of the same factors at play for Burlington that you do for TJ Maxx or TJX. And they're different stores. So, you know, do you want to go with the one with a little bit higher of a PE uh, with more upside? Or do you want to go with a little bit safer in uh, TJX with a smaller amount of upside and a, uh, a dividend that goes along with it? I don't believe Burlington pays a dividend. They do not. Uh, so you've got those two different names, two different reasons. I think uh, Burlington might be for a little bit more of that uh, that growth story. But, um, you know, TJ Maxx is going to be a little bit more safe, a little bit more conservative on that front. Now, the next two are those George Soros names that I was referring to. Uh, the first one is going to be uh, Las Vegas Sands. So LVS is the ticker. And, you know, as the name implies, you would think that they are, uh, you know, a casino operator in Vegas, but they actually do not any longer have any properties uh, that are in Las Vegas currently. So they have five that are going to be in China and Macau and one in Singapore. Uh, so now he bought these on the premise that the Chinese casinos have been beat down and ultimately it's time for a rebound as things start opening back up. Kind of the same story that I was talking about with Starbucks. A lot of that was beat down just on the lockdowns in China. But now uh, Las Vegas Sands is seeing a, a big return to the Singapore uh, casino. And they think that it is going to take place in Macau as well. So you could get this one ultimately before it really rebounds. So I do think that it could be a good turnaround story. It does have its risks. Um, but that being said... I think a lot of the bad news has been baked in uh, kind of like we've seen in some other stocks this year where things just got so bad and all that news kept piling up that the stocks were so depressed. And now any little bit of news can send these things flying. So this one has a decent amount of upside currently trading at 3760. Uh, it's got about 27% of upside for a price target of 4778. And you've also got some big investors throwing some money at it. Uh, so that one, could do really well going forward, knowing that uh, some of the lockdowns are, you know, kind of easing. And hopefully uh, with China, that is uh, cutting their Fed interest rate where we are raising ours. They're trying to spur more spending. They're trying to get people back out and doing things, investing, you know, going out, enjoying life a little bit more. Uh, so hopefully we can see a turnaround in this one. And LVS could be a good way to tap into that market while also being invested into an American company uh, that has definitely got their eyes on what's going on abroad. Uh, so you're not getting into the ADRs or any uh, foreign stocks that are traded through a, a handling company. This is kind of a direct way to invest into that Chinese uh, Singapore East Asian uh, casino market. So that's uh, that's my thought there. Hopefully that one could serve us well going forward. And then number four, he's also got uh, Salesforce. Uh, ticker is CRM. So this one is going to be that uh, customer management type company that is going to give us a 
you know, a way to get into the Dow, a way to get a lot more growth and ultimately uh, kind of be in that uh, that high growth, you know, tech type play with uh, still having some Dow security around it. You know, the, the S&P dropped about uh, or no, the Nasdaq dropped about two and a half percent this week. The Dow names are only down 0.16 percent. Uh, so this one does have a remarkably high P.E., but it is a growth name. It is going to be a uh, a juggernaut in its industry. They are already massive, but they are continuing to grow. Uh, so the P.E. is a 182. It is remarkably high, but remind you, it is a growth stock. And uh, it is one that I do think can uh, serve us really well going forward. So 31% of upside. Price target, 240. Currently sitting at 183. So a lot of room to run. And uh, it is one that I've been invested in for quite some time. And, uh, you know, I was in it when uh, we got to that high price back in November of 311. And, uh, you know, this one is sorry, a bird just flew into the door. Oh, man, that scared me. (laughs) So um, what was I saying? (laughs) Uh, This one is definitely going to be a juggernaut going forward. And uh, hopefully we can see some good gains out of this one, especially with having some billionaire investors throwing money into this one. But uh, yeah, so number four, Salesforce, CRM. And yeah, I think I was saying that I've been invested in this one for a long time. Sorry, that really distracted me. Um, But yeah, we've definitely seen a pullback. I do think that it has a lot of room to run and it is a great company to be invested in and gives you a lot of different safety with some of the Dow, but also get some growth name uh, ties in out there as well. Number five, let's move right on and try to forget about that for a second. We've got uh, a healthcare play. And uh, I think healthcare really overall is going to be one of those safe areas going forward, especially if we do hit a recession, it's going to give us a lot of safety and uh, definitely some, some, ease and peace of mind and you can sleep better at night having some of these names in your portfolio so this one's super super low risk uh as far as i'm concerned you're not going to get massive gains out of it but uh you do get about a 3.3 percent dividend you do get a nine times pe you do get a beta of 0.5 so less risky you get the dividend backing it and uh ultimately i don't think it's got too much more room to go down on that pe basis so this one is pfizer uh, ticker is PFE. Uh, we've all know that they've got a big pipeline of drugs. They've got Paxlovid, the antiviral for COVID. They've got a lot of different things going on out there that I do think should help this one now and into the future. They've got a decent pipeline and uh, overall just one that uh, should help us survive a recession and uh, have some money coming in with limited downside on that uh, uh, that stock price itself. So uh, analyst research has this one uh, with about a 25% of upside, currently at 49. Average price target is 61.75. So again, safety in uh, in numbers and in that healthcare area, low PE, a lot of different reasons that Pfizer could you know serve us well going forward and uh, give us a lot of safety in doing so. So with that being said, get over to the Let It Grow Investing page on uh, Facebook. Get your votes in for this one. We will be buying, uh, what are we buying? Plug Power tomorrow for week 34, but then go ahead and get your votes in for week 35. 
And uh, let's try to keep this portfolio rolling up nicely. Uh, we were, you know, down about, uh, what, 25% at the low. And now let me pull it up to see how we are doing at the moment. I know we were down about uh, 2% uh, about a week ago and, and two and a half maybe. And now we are down about 58 So we have trended down with uh, some of the market sell-off, uh, both in growth stocks and crypto. And we have lost a little bit more this week. But uh, overall, I do think we are setting up nicely for a you know end of the year rally. So that being said, get your votes in. Let's try to turn this thing around. Let's try to end the the year positive, and uh, you know hopefully be in the green. So that's what I got for you guys today. Thank you for stopping by. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, I will catch you guys in the next one. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing Podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.